Welcome to On Living, the Trauma and Beauty of Being Human with Dr. Leanne Nguyen. Have you ever asked yourself what it means to be human? What does it mean to be fully alive? What does it take to love, to really connect with another human being? How do we fully engage with and honor the humanity in us? It's time to really talk, listen to, and connect with one another. Come join in the conversation with your host, Dr. Leanne Nguyen. Good morning, everyone. Welcome uh, to the show. It's uh, Thursday morning, and I'm very glad to find you again in this conversation that has been going on for a little bit over six months now. We've been at it for half a year. Um exploring, thinking about together uh, about what it means to be human. I have spoken much to you all on and off throughout the last six months, you know, about why I think this question, what does it mean to be human? Why I think this question is so important and worth posing. Uh, My main reason is that let's pose that question so that we can cherish this thing in us that we call being human, so that we can tend to it responsibly and gracefully. My, um, my ambition or my, my intention in doing this show is, is not to offer you the definite answers um, or any answers. You know, God knows we have enough of that in the current culture. We are just saturated with offerings of recipes and answers. Um, so I don't want to be a part of that. <laughs> I, I intended in formulating this show to merely pose this question. Because first of all, in my life and in my work, I believe in the value of asking the questions. Uh, If you ask the right question, you steer the person onto the right quest for his or her life. Um, You ask the right question, you open up something in the conversation, in the connection, and everything else will take care of itself. I also wanted to create, you know, a space for this question on this show, through this show, to create a space for this question to emerge and linger in your private space, in your conversations, in uh, but also hopefully in the public discourse. I wanted to create uh, a context where such a question can be held and respected and contemplated together. And we've been doing that for half a year. And that was my modest agenda. And I hope, I, I have some sense that I'm sort of succeeding. Now, what do I think that posing this question would do? Um, There is a quest, as I said, in any question. There is a quest that I hope this question can incite or inspire us. Because we live in a life, in a world where... um, you know, our humanity is is quite ignored or cheapened or taken for granted. We live in a world where mostly, I notice, the most prized questions, the most commonly asked questions that we have for one another, for ourselves, are questions such as, you know, how to be happy, how to be successful, how to live longer, um, how to make millions before retirement, how to find the right person, the right relationship, how to avoid pain, and so on. 
These questions are rooted in deprivation and fear. They are rooted in or they're driven by a sense of lack and of greediness. Consequently, these questions set you up on um, a particular path that is fear-driven. The question, in contrast, um, I'm contending, the question of what makes us human is driven by, at least in my case, by, by puzzlement and a sense of tenderness towards us, ourselves, a sense of curiosity, as well as awe about who we are, what we are. So I hope, I assume that engaging in this question would help us or even force us to look at ourselves and to look at one another. If we can do that a little bit more, you know, look at each other, listen to each other, listen to ourselves, if we can do that a little bit more, um, I believe that then we cannot ignore so easily each other. We cannot engage in annihilating, disrespecting each other. And that would be enough for me in this life. That would be my civic contribution and my achievement in, in, my, in my work for my time here. Um, I have never aimed to offer answers to you, as I said. I have aimed to demonstrate in the past few months, uh, particularly through the guests that I've invited, uh, to demonstrate how the question can be answered, you know, in each life, how to show how it has been answered by some human beings that I have had the fortune to encounter um, and that I think you would enjoy getting to know for one hour each week. So I hope that um, so far you've been inspired by them, by my guests, by the time with me, to find out your own answer uh, about your humanity. I, and I hope that engaging in that question has deepened your being, has made you uh, more aware and more tender towards your own pain and bewilderment about what life has um, offered to you. And I hope that the question has given you some, some path um, to your own beauty and courage in living. One of my favorite writers is, uh, is Anton Chekhov. You know, there's Rilke and there's Rumi, uh, but there's also this Russian guy that I love. And one of his quotes um, I would like to share with you because it's appropriate to, to this show. I think he said something along the line of, you know, don't show me the moon. Show me the glint of light over the broken glass. I think of us, of our humanity, as the glint of light over the broken glass of, of life, of living. I don't wish to show you the perfect beautiful moon. I wish to capture the glint of light, the humanity that is born of the shards of the broken glass of human living. I wish to show you how you can let the light enter into the woundings of life. I wish to convince you that the light, the glint of light is possible at the tip of the broken glass and to urge you to find it to cherish it, to be careful with it, to let it shine and be tender towards it. 
that's what the show is about. That's what my work is about. Now, the questioning over the past six months, you know, I noticed uh, recently has kind of gradually moved me to another question, which I now want to engage in for the remainder of my of my contract of my season with Voice America. The question that I have been asking myself is, how do we support? You know, how how do we support and protect this thing called being human, this thing called human living? What are the resources? What are the values? What are the, uh, what is the support that we have in our life, in our society and culture to towards uh you know, this this project, this effort of being human. Again, I don't have an answer, but I think that I have, I can recognize the support when I see it, you know, when I go to a concert hall, when I talk to somebody who is strong and beautiful and courageous in her living, um, when, when I meditate or, you know, so these are going to be the guests that I will invite on the show, uh, people who I feel, whose work, whose being, I feel, lend some support towards this thing of being human. So that's what we're going to be exploring. Um, so... And it made me think, you know, well, what what are the things that we need, you know, to to stay alive, to be human? And uh, you can talk about, you know, many lofty things. And I thought, my goodness, it's it's we need money. <laughs> you know, other species don't. Money is the the one thing I would say that we humans kind of have invented and desperately uh, rely on uh, from the age of I don't know five until we die. Uh, so how to understand that? How to 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 think about that? Let's go back to the basics. And you know, in my work uh, for us shrinks you know we can talk about anything right uh, sex and murder and hate and all sorts of of, um, of for forbidden things that we can talk about but the one thing that we shrinks and our patients don't talk about much is money isn't that funny we're very shy about it. I think mostly because, uh, well, at least for me, you know, I, I really don't understand how it works. But, you know, money can be a very destructive thing. You think you see that all around us now. Uh, but it can be, it's a necessity and it can be used so creatively. So I thought, let's let's talk about money. And um, I so I have my guest here today. I think I think of him as as a very talented guy and very thoughtful guy about his work about money because that's uh, that's Jim's um, calling over a trade. Uh, so I have here uh, today Jim Morocco, who will uh, talk to me about. Um, about money. I, I don't really know what he does with it, but I just love the way that he talks about it. Um, Jim, welcome to the show. <laughs> Thanks for having me. <laughs> yes. So, um, you know, just so all you, you know, uh, Jim used to um, make money grow, I think. Is that a way to talk about it? He, he, he did like, you know, hedge fund thing and so on. And I've known him for quite a while. And at some point, Jim shared with me that, you know, he wanted to do something more with his talent. And so he's now uh, running Thinking Big Financial. 
which is um, his his own baby and is thriving. It's based in New York City. And I will let Jim explain what he intends to do with it. But the main thing that I want to ask Jim today, you know, for this hour, you know, is what does money tell us, right, about who we are, about what we value, and how can we creatively, constructively, make use of, of, of this thing that, that we invented, really, but that I think so often ends up owning us uh, and torturing us. <laughs> so, Jim, um, you know, in terms of explaining your work, your business, people can go on the website and find out. So what I want to get from you is to really your deep personal answer. You know, this is your dream. The business is your dream. The work is really your passion. So can you say a little bit about what you try to do uh, through it or with it? What are yeah, you trying sure. to do for people? So financial planning, which is the the name of what I do, um, is really, it, the way I think about it, a way of being with, with people and the money in their life and not just figuring out solutions um, or the numbers or crunching the numbers, but really helping people figure out how those numbers and how that money fits in to the type of life that they want to live. And, you know, really using the money in their life with purpose rather than, um, you know, sometimes what happens is your money, your life is being run by money rather mm-hmm. than the other way around. Um, mm-hmm. And so it's really my hope um, and, and the reason I, I kind of went out on this journey of, um, of changing my career and, and working in as a financial planner um, was not to, you know, sell some product or, or deal strictly with numbers, but really to help, um, help people tie together um, these two worlds that, that they inhabit. One, the, mm. you know, the sort of money world that you have to live in, you have to understand, you have to survive in. Um, mm-hmm. And the other world of, what your life goals might be, whether that mm-hmm. is, you know, traveling all over, you know, the world or starting a business or, you know, some version of, of a lifestyle change, whatever it might be, you know, aspiration. Right. What have you found out that you didn't know about, you know, about how people live? In, mm-hmm. in, 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 in doing this work, in talking about, about money with people in this fashion? You know, I think from a high level first, uh, mm-hmm. one of the most, you know, sort of striking things, which is obvious but not so obvious, um, which I've learned in working with people and studying the work as well, is that, as you sort of alluded to, money is this very central very important thing. There's no way to escape it. We're all mm-hmm. confronted with it and need to know mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. And yet, it's taboo. And we're not educated about it. We don't know, generally speaking, we don't receive any kind of formal education for sure <laughs> about how to do anything. And yeah. so we're left to sort of pick up beliefs or or stories or learnings from our family or our friends, which Uh may or may not be in our best interests either. Uh And the fundamental thing is, so there's this all-consuming thing called money that we all have to deal with, but yet we're all pretty alone and ill-equipped 
to deal with it. Um, and kind of, kind of, uh, kind of dumb about it, right? Or unthinking about it. Yeah, or, or just that um, you know we don't re- we don't get the instruction manual when we're right. young. Of this is you have to think about it. You can't just now, go what, and. You you said that you know we just kind of absorb uh, you know storylines or principles you know from growing up. What what is the most common myth? Or, or storyline that you see your clients uh, kind of follow w- with, without thinking, without questioning, and that leads them down the wrong path? Hmm. You, you know, what comes to mind is not, it's not necessarily a myth. It's just, I, I think what I find and what I see a lot, and, you know, my work might be, uh, this might be a little bit of a selection bias because, I'm, you know, people are coming to me already in the place where they, they want help. Um, mm-hmm. So, that aside, I think the most common thing is that it's simply not thought about. And <laughs> you just have to make money and die. <laughs> is that what yeah, you no, mean? I, you know, I think that a lot of times, what I hear often is, "Oh, you know, I never really had to give it much thought because there was always enough money to pay the bills and do the, you know, do the things that I wanted to do in my daily life." And yeah, maybe there was some anxiety around this or that. Um, but I never had to give it some more thought than that. And uh-huh. there's nothing necessarily wrong with that. But well, I think what, what happens think about? is... Uh, what's that? What should they have been taught to think about? To use it in a way with purpose rather than hmm. be confronted with it and realize they're potentially deficient in some way and not able to inhibit it in some ways, a better way of saying it, from doing something that they want to do because they just have not thought about it. So, you know, a common example is, um, you know, let's say retirement, whatever that might mean for a person. But let's say they're 60 years old and they say, I never thought about money and I never saved any money, but I want to retire. Mm-hmm. Well, that's going to be a very, a very difficult thing um, to do if they have no resources to call upon. Okay. And... It was, you know, 40 years of, of not having thought about it, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. where it could have been you a know, and as, situation. As, as a therapist, you know, or, or, or life coach, I hear a similar kind of, uh, of moment, too, not about money, but the thing about, like, I never thought about what I want to do with my life, and here I am, right, at 58 or something, and I never questioned my relationship choices, and right? And then there are all mm-hmm. of these unlived dreams uh, that are staring at, at you. So it's a similar kind of thing that you're saying. Exactly. Yeah. And, and the work, you know, to kind of tie it back to that is in a way to help clarify some of those things um, mm-hmm. for people when I work with them. So really kind of digging into what, what does that vision look like? Um, mm-hmm. You know, is that, does that involve a family or does that involve, uh, you know, a certain hobby or a certain aspiration and, and really trying to understand those and be active about getting to a place of planning for those things. Mm-hmm. Um, and okay. um, tying, and that's where the tying of the, of the money and the numbers, and that's you know, kind of where my role is, is to help people see how to do that. Okay. Okay. Um, oh, it's, uh, it's, we're up for a very short break now, so hold on, Jim, and we're going to okay. come right back after a couple of minutes, folks. We'll be right back. 
the Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. It's time to have a healthier relationship with money. Use it with purpose to create the life you envision. At Thinking Big Financial, your future starts right now. Services include financial planning and investment management. It's not just about the numbers. It's about how they fit into your life. Reach out to Jim to start thinking big about your own financial life. Because isn't it time? For more information, visit thinkingbigfinancial.com. That's thinkingbigfinancial.com. Do you ever feel that you need to make changes but don't know how? Ever wish for someone who can help you find true purpose and make new choices? Dr. Nguyen is this person. Her passion is to help people bridge the gap between where they are and where they want to be. With Dr. Nguyen, you will enter a conversation that is unlike any other. You will make contact with yourself at a depth you never thought you could. You will give yourself an encounter with new thoughts, deep questions, and a renewed faith in your birthright to live the life you are meant to live. Dr. Nguyen's practice has been available to people from all over the world, across cultures and identities. She has built it as a lighthouse and a safe haven to give the deep support and clarity so you can fulfill the promise that you once made to yourself to live your purpose. Whether you are in New York City or anywhere in the world, visit her at drleanne.com. You can also contact her for a free consultation in person or on Skype. The website again is drleanh.com. Do you think about what you really want? Are you looking to change or perfect your environment, your value, your life? We can help. Tune in to Everyday News with the Blantons. Hosted by husband and wife team Mark and Dr. Latasha Blanton, our program will help you find the answers to make the changes in your life with inspiring guests that can help you find your sense of place in the world and how you view it. Listen live every Monday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to On Living. To reach the program today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to ldnewin.phd at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Here again is Dr. Leanne Nguyen. Welcome back, everyone. Uh, my guest today is uh, Jim Morocco from Thinking Big Financial. Uh, talking with me about money. Now, Jim, you know, as as a therapist, what I deal with is to help people tease out right the the um, the longings and the unquestioned emotional rules that they have absorbed, and to track the choices that they have made, mostly in their relationships, that lead them up to this particular point where I find them, and is mostly a point of, uh, of unraveling or of bewilderment. I imagine that it's a similar thing with money, right? People follow certain principles that they absorb growing up, and they make choices that they don't even think about or are conscious about. So I'm curious if you can share what you notice of these uh of these rules or principles of myths that people typically follow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think 
There are so many, but um, but maybe one interesting example is is the notion of accumulation or saving, and everybody can agree that saving money is a good thing. But um, I think as my three year old would say, why? <laughs> <laughs> which is such a great question because without intention or purpose, it becomes sort of um, blind to anything, right? It, it becomes... So you mean I you people one should save, we should save for something, towards something, not just exactly. saving for the sake of saving. Okay. Yeah. But I think, I think maybe this is a cultural phenomenon or, you know, maybe this is something, I, I know that this is one of my own, you know, demons that I wrestle with was just always saving and to the point where you inhibit yourself from actually living. Mm-hmm. So you know you right, get to because a point I'm, where I am told, well, what about the notion of saving for, uh, for uh, a rainy day or saving for what you can't predict? That's not mm-hmm. purpose? No, that is, that is great foundational thing, right? So protecting yourself first and foremost. So let's, let's make the assumption that that is taken care of. Uh-huh. That you've got enough set aside, so if disaster strikes, you're going to be okay. Um, well, wait a minute. You know, but that's also crazy to me because mm-hmm. how do you how do you budget for disaster? What kind of disaster, and how do you know <laughs> ahead of time what life has in store for you? Right, you don't. Um, and so, you know, there are some some sort of foundational things that you can think about that you can concretely say. Okay, if I you never know, right? And you okay, like know shelter, what. enough money for rent and for food. That's, is that what you yeah. mean? So, oh, I, I need, you know, six months of, of uh-huh. living expenses saved in the bank because that's my protection if I lose my job. Okay, and I know okay. That got it. Yep. I have yep. insurance to protect me against if I become disabled or, or something, you know, more severe okay. happens. right. So beyond so, that, you're saying people should then have a purpose for, for, for their accumulating. Yeah, because I think it becomes this sort of, it can become this sort of mindless thing where you're just accumulate to accumulate. Mm-hmm. And if you sort of turn that on its head a little bit and say, well, okay, I'm going to just keep doing this. If there is no in- intention or goal behind why I'm doing that, mm-hmm. then in a way you're, you're taking away from how you're living in the, in this present day, right? Because you're deferring, mm. you know, mm. spending something. But if you don't ever have a, a purpose for it, I don't know. Because I think you get kind of oh. get lost in the accumulation, mm. and it just becomes no, you about just the said, money. I mean, it's, it's a great point there. What you just said, which is, if you save for the sake of saving, then you end up just essentially deferring your life. Mm-hmm. Now, well, now, it's not, now it's from a financial point of view, I mean, existentially, mm-hmm. I can see how deferring your life, you know, is uh, is is stupid. <laughs> mm-hmm. But from a financial point of view, are there any, uh, you know, disadvantages? And is it a mistake from a financial point of view to yeah, just no, merely accumulate? Saying, yeah, no, I mean, there's no financial harm done in accumulating, right? The harm is really that you're not living the life you want to live for the sake of some obtuse vision of what may or may not be later on in life. 
So, mm-hmm. yeah, there are financial implications, right? So if you're, let's say, again, to, to make the assumption that you're someone who wants to retire, whatever that might mean, whatever that looks like, and mm-hmm. you're saving for that, and you know what you need to be doing, you have X amount of dollars per month that go toward that goal. Um, but then beyond that, you're just saving to save because you have nothing else to do or you haven't thought about it necessarily. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then, yeah, no, I can't help but think that maybe, maybe that's in a way inhibiting um, okay. something in, in the near term. But yeah, yeah, certainly, if you have a clear vision of, oh, I want to, you know, I want to retire and you don't save for that, then yeah, you're going to do yourself harm because you're going to wake up in 10 years or 20 years and realize you're behind the curve and you have to do a lot of heavy lifting to get to this place that you want to get to. Mm-hmm. Um, well, give, give but, an example then of, uh, of, of a case or a client where you see them, well, maybe they don't, these people don't come to see you, you know, a, a really good example of, of using money creatively. And purposely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I had um, a client come to me a while ago, and he had just lost his husband. And uh, he inherited, you know, his, the estate from his husband. And um, rather than present a fearful view of, I'm not sure, he was, a, he was around retirement age, um, you know, near 60, and didn't you know, didn't want to have to go back to work because he didn't, you know, really had more interesting things that he wanted to pursue. Mm-hmm. Um, he had a very clear vision of, I want to live this life where I want to travel the world. I want to indulge more in my hobbies. I want to invest in the people around me. I want to spend time more with the people around me. And so he came mm-hmm. to me. And rather than, you know, my sort of tells you a little bit about, you know, our own beliefs was, Oh my God! How are we going to make this? How are we going to make this work? How are we going to protect him? Mm-hmm, his mm-hmm. his view was, which I, I you know thinking back you know this is a little bit tied into value system right so that it's it's kind of very mm-hmm. person by person but um, he said you know I have all this money all this resource and I want to live this life and I want to spend it all away over you know I want to protect myself to make sure it lasts. But mm-hmm. I want to spend it down, mm-hmm. rather than. So what's what's your what's your function then in in a case like this? So okay, let's tease out what does that look like, you know. So we got to kind of get to the nuts and bolts. If you want to live this way, um, does that can we do that? For, you know, is that mm-hmm. a realistic expectation first? Mm-hmm. And if it's not, how do we how do we tweak or make the money last longer? So that might be a you know, come through in the spending or it might come through, um, you know, in, in how the money is invested, um, those types of things. So, so how do we use the money? How do we use this resource to bring your, your dreams to success, to make it happen? To make it happen in a way also where you're not, you know, you're not being reckless, but you're, you're getting to a place of balance where, I'm doing what I want to be doing, and right, right, the right. money is, 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 I'm in charge of the money and not the other okay. way around, rather than yeah. have a mentality. I, for me, it was, it was a little radical, because I think sometimes we're cultured in a way where it's like, oh, I want to, you know, I don't want to die with nothing in the bank. Mm-hmm. I want to have, you know, a pot of money sitting there. But then right. when, it, you know, now, when I was confronted with this you, example, it, 
illustrates the, the difference, right? But here, I, mean, I can imagine somebody else listening, thinking, you know, well, okay, you're talking about a man, I assume, who has no children and has at his disposition, you know, a sizable uh, amount of money. So it's easy mm-hmm. to talk about his hobbies and so on. Exactly. But what about exactly. like a quote-unquote regular person, mm-hmm. uh, you know, who's still working and has responsibilities and so on? Um, so where in that person's life can you work in the question of how do you want to live? What's your yeah. purpose financially? Yeah. How, how do you work that in in a way that is meaningful and workable for the person? Have you right, had a right. client like that, just a regular working person? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And, um, and more often than not, that's, the, um, you know, that's a lot of, um, of the people that I work with. So you know, it's a little bit of maybe to talk a little technical here, but it ties it all in. Let's, if we build an awareness to, to speak concretely, about what's available to you each month in terms of money, cash flow, or earnings. And what are those things that are important to you um, Mm -hmm. in terms of how to live? And let's divide up that pie, so to speak, Mm -hmm. to make sure that we're taking care of each of those priorities. Now, we might discover, gosh, we've got some debt that we have to take care of before we can focus on these other things. So we need to kind of improve the, the financial situation first before we can get to a place of, of being more um, growth-oriented or, you know, vision-oriented, so we're maybe cleaning something up, so to speak. Um, mm-hmm. But I think that what happens in that process of awareness and building um, a system, for lack of a better word, is a lot of comfort. And what I think a lot mean? of time... Well, what I, what I mean more, more specifically, and I see this a lot, is that it comes out in weird ways, but you often hear, gosh, I don't know if I, if I can afford to buy that, you know, mm-hmm. that piece mm-hmm. of clothing or take that trip or, you know, and there's a lot of hemming and hawing. Can I do this? Can I do that? And I, I think what happens there, and to tie this back to what I'm saying is, if there's an awareness, you know what's, and, and you know that your obligations are being taken care of, and then you can focus on these other things, even if it's in a very small way. Mm, okay. So you mean like that? It, it, the, the thing becomes, it's, it stops being this mysterious, elusive thing, but you take ownership of it. Exactly. Yeah, I don't know if I'm, I'm being a little vague about it, but I guess my point is, is when there, what happens, what I find is when there's comfort in what's happening in the day-to-day, oh, mm-hmm. I know this is, this is how it works every month with my cash flow. Mm-hmm. And I know that I'm taking care of the bills and I know I'm saving for my kids' education and maybe my retirement or whatever those other things are. I don't have to think twice about going out to eat at that, mm-hmm. at that restaurant or taking that mm-hmm. trip because I know where that fits in. And I think mm-hmm. sometimes what that is is very grounding for people because in the absence of awareness, there's a lot of anxiety that comes up and it, what happens is then it takes, takes over. Right, you're constantly right, thinking right. about money, right? right. You're constantly right. thinking, can I do this or that, or is that, is that okay? Um, so I, I think that's something where, you know, maybe as a more everyday example. Mm-hmm. Um, but I now, think you people said, then... Sorry, you, you said, you know, you asked people to, to work out a system, and it's the, 
the inquiry starts with, you know, what are the things that are important to you, right? And in how, mm-hmm. in how you spend your money and where does it go? What is important to you? That's such a basic but, but great question. What mm-hmm. do you generally find? Um, and, and here my agenda here is to get a sense, you know, almost like anthropologically from your mm-hmm. point of view. What do you find would be the, usually the important things um, that, that, that govern people's um, spending? That yeah. It's it's a hard hard answer um, to give, I think, because it's generalizing a bit. But what I to generalize again with with the maybe the sample size that I have through my own work, I give everybody a values exercise when we begin. So it's really kind of the the most foundational starting step of understanding those things that are important. Mm-hmm. And generally speaking, what I find is family connection. Um, really? Hmm. However, that comes out. Um, a notion of wellness, of of wanting to, you know, be healthy and and take care of of self first, and you know, and then maybe there are some inclinations to help others. Um, but I've really been, you know, heartened. And again, this could be, you know, I'm not dealing with with people that are typically in in severe financial distress. So. Mm-hmm. You know, this is again maybe a, a biased sample, but um, but I have to say, I, you know, I don't. My sense is a lot of the um, a values that I see around it is around those types of things. Um, okay, so now, so you said, you know, the hierarchy, really, the value system, typically would be family connection, health, right, um, mm-hmm. and, and and some kind of meaningful contribution. Do the way does the way that people spend the money, you know, correspond to that? Or where do people yeah. actually, you know, in practice, allocate mm-hmm. their financial resources? Does it correspond, yeah. or is there like a, a misalignment? You know, I have to say, I, I don't think necessarily that there is ever a huge misalignment, but I feel like sometimes what happens is that people. Um, maybe haven't thought about how the spending of the resource of, of money aligns with those values. And when they think about it, they're like, oh, actually, these, are, these actually make sense. So, you know, what I try to do with, with when I work with people, especially when we're talking about spending and we're talking about cash flow and those types of things, um, there's always a lot of guilt, and this brings up all kinds of right beliefs or, or things, but it's New York City, so a lot of people might be spending a lot of money on dining out mm-hmm. and they might have a lot of guilt about it and say like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe I spend so much money dining out. But then when you connect it with what's important and those meals are not just, you know, mindless meals, those are the, t- those are the times and the space that's created for, you know, being with your partner or being with friends and mm-hmm. connecting with mm-hmm. friends. And that's the primary way in which we do that. And then suddenly mm-hmm. I think a lot of the, the guilt and the, the shame or whatever might come up about the, the, the behavior diminishes because it's... I oh, see. Right, I see right. So you, you help value. people really grasp the purpose really that's, that's embedded in, in what could seem like a, a frivolous uh, spending. But you're mm-hmm. right about a thing about eating out, right? For my part, for example, I always face the choice of spending, you know, an hour and a half prepping and cooking 
mm-hmm. or actually talking to my children, you know, and and, and mm-hmm. interrogating them about <laughs> about what they believe in, right? Or catching up with friends. Um, that's that's true. But now it leads me to the thing about time. Then time mm-hmm. and money, right? People use mm-hmm. that. That's a cliche. Uh, how do you see that play out? How do you help your clients manage these two? intertwine do you see them as interconnected in your work oh yeah yeah i mean i think they're both resources right i mean a lack of of a time resource might mean jim sorry to interrupt i'm like i'm 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 getting like frantic signaling i I realize i just ignored the the the, the thing for the commercial hold on on that hold on to that thought about time and money and and we'll pick up right there when we come back all right we'll be right back people Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Do you ever feel that you need to make changes but don't know how? Ever wish for someone who can help you find true purpose and make new choices? Dr. Nguyen is this person. Her passion is to help people bridge the gap between where they are and where they want to be. With Dr. Nguyen, you will enter a conversation that is unlike any other. You will make contact with yourself at a depth you never thought you could. You will give yourself an encounter with new thoughts, deep questions, and a renewed faith in your birthright to live the life you are meant to live. Dr. Nguyen's practice has been available to people from all over the world, across cultures and identities. She has built it as a lighthouse and a safe haven to give the deep support and clarity so you can fulfill the promise that you once made to yourself to live your purpose. Whether you are in New York City or anywhere in the world, visit her at drleanne.com. You can also contact her for a free consultation in person or on Skype. The website again is drleanh.com. It's time to have a healthier relationship with money. Use it with purpose to create the life you envision. At Thinking Big Financial, your future starts right now. Services include financial planning and investment management. It's not just about the numbers. It's about how they fit into your life. Reach out to Jim to start thinking big about your own financial life. Because isn't it time? For more information, visit thinkingbigfinancial.com. That's thinkingbigfinancial.com. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to On Living. 
to reach the program today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to ldnewin.phd at gmail.com. Now back to the show. Here again is Dr. Leanne Nguyen. Okay, Jim, so tell now tell me about the connection between time and money and how you see that play out in your clients' lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think certainly intertwined, and I think of them as both resources available to people and, and mm-hmm. as they live or think about what, what they want to do. Um, you know, there's certainly two very important things of equal value, and right. they impact each other, right? So... You know, to, to stick with your example about spending more time with your kids um, and not having to cook or meal prep or something, um, you know, that $50 that was spent on a meal um, that gave you an extra, you know, mm-hmm. hour and a half mm-hmm. on a daily or weekly basis, mm-hmm. it, it could be a very, very worthwhile investment. And so mm-hmm. it might... You know, when we, we look at all of those little things together and try and say, you know, first of all, am I doing myself harm? But second, maybe there's a way in which I can use my money to have more time. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that the, the food is a great example, right? Or, mm-hmm. um, you, know, you know, I know the, the Uber back and forth to work is really expensive and costs me a lot of money, but it means that I, you know get an extra half hour of sleep or something, and that's really, really important to me. Um, I'm making up examples here, but I, I think the point is that, you know, we have to think of them as intertwined. Right. And do you see, though, for example, do you notice a trend where the more money people make, then the less time they have? Isn't that a paradox that you notice? Well, it is a paradox. It's actually interesting because I, I recently was, was speaking with a couple that was a client, and they have no time because all they do is work. And mm-hmm. so it's really, really difficult. But the reason they're working so hard is because they, they need to pay off some debts that they've accumulated throughout their life and that are mm-hmm. really harming them. And mm-hmm. so they're using up all of their time uh, to, to pay off this lifestyle or, or this, this debt that had accumulated. Uh-huh. And I asked, the, uh-huh. I asked the question, I said, oh, would you be working so hard if, you know, would you have more time if you, um, is, the, is the work really important or is, you know, what, what's going on there? Right, Tell me a little right, bit more right, about right. it. Right. And what well, I, I also I can think of situations where it's not that people work hard and run after the high powered, high paying positions, not because they need mm-hmm. to pay back debts, but to avoid something right. in themselves in their lives. Right. Yeah. I mean, you can complain about being so busy, but you have more time. Some people would have a nervous breakdown where they have free time because they have to deal exactly. with themselves. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it's funny. I, I forgot who said this and where or where I heard it, but. There's a basic level of need, right? We're, we're talking about mm-hmm. people that the basic level of need is met. The bills are being paid. They can pay the rent or the mortgage mm-hmm. and, you know, put food on the table. Beyond a certain amount of money, mm-hmm. it's all kind of extra if you think about it. Right. That's where we express our fears and our values, you're saying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So speaking so, of that, then what would you say? I mean, like from like what what 
what what are the what goes into that extra that you notice that's the trend these days in in our culture the extra really that we spend money answer. on what does it say about us about what we value or what we uh, run away from I'm thinking about you know maybe some common things I think the mm-hmm. I think the things that we Again, this is a you know maybe a potentially biased example given sure. um, you know the clients I work with, but I see a lot of leaning into having experience and education and journey. And what I mean by that is travel or um, taking lessons to learn something new. Mm-hmm. Um, I see often that as a usage of that extra discretionary money. Um, I don't really see people just wanting more money for the sake of having more money. Um, Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I think that's a lot. I think, you know, protecting. Uh, You know, I don't want to ever be in a situation where I, I am confronted with that. And so there's there's a bit of protect protection that goes, and everybody's different, right? People have different um, tolerance levels, and so they might think about those things differently. Um, so to summarize, though, you you see that is 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 education, is learning, self improvement as the value that at least in New York City that that we go for that we pour I, the extra. I, yeah, yeah. I mm-hmm. don't see. Um, Again, the people that are coming in for help probably aren't the, are people that are probably also being more prudent to begin with. Um, mm-hmm. So they're not necessarily raising their lifestyle just because they can, and then are in a prison because they have to make as much much more money to live the way they are living. Um, right. So, what are people yeah, afraid of? What in ter- you know you're talking about about strivings, but what about in terms of fear? What do you hear? Yeah. What do you see? Well, you know, it comes out a lot in what happens if the stock market crashes. And what, what people are really asking is, am I going to be okay? Am I going to still be able to do the things that I want to do? And so, mm-hmm. you know, I think maybe the fear is having to have a, a really severe lifestyle change. Well, how do you answer that question? Am I going to be okay if, if life, you know, pulls the rug from under me, right? Am, am mm-hmm. I going to be okay? How do you answer that question? It's, it's difficult. I mean, I don't think people are explicitly <laughs> asking it that way. Um, but, you know, it, it's a number of different ways. Um, but sometimes it's not just money that's providing that, um, the answer to that question, right? But from a, from a financial perspective, we can certainly look at certain things and help, help people to see logically, even in a worst-case scenario, I have this amount of savings or I have this insurance to protect me against that type of an event. Mm-hmm. Um, so they can see clearly, hey, it'd be really hard to kind of mess up something here. Um, mm, but that mm-hmm, doesn't mm-hmm. that doesn't necessarily mean they'll feel more secure, right? Yeah. Um, you know, I'm or, thinking what would be the equivalent of of that question, you know, in my work, and um, it would be like, what if he doesn't love me anymore? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <It's> 
<laughs> right? You plan mm-hmm. and you have you pledge uh, something of yourself and, and you do your best to ensure control. And like, what if, you know, what if it doesn't work out in this relationship? <laughs> yep. <laughs> so you look at what of yourself, right, is in it and you do your best to have some to have some kind of integrity. Um, mm-hmm. And then, but really, ultimately, do, do you think like n- nobody can really have full control? Correct. But I also think that um, there, who knows? You can't really answer this, this question concretely, but it's my belief at least that there's a lot of behavior that we can control or things that we yeah. can do that are going to eliminate a lot of um, risk that people really fear. Right. It, you know, yeah. it would be, it's not like there's, you know, a meteor will strike and suddenly, <laughs> you know, right. things have right. changed. You know, like we, we can... For the most part, I help people think, especially about the riskiness of not being able to achieve a goal, you know, and people think about that in terms of investments, probably 60 or 70, you know, it's very case dependent, but 60 to 70% of the time, most of what you need to do to get there is controlled by you, not by what the stock market does or... Hmm. In what sense, um, if you can boil it down, what can a person control? They can, going back to the cash flow, they can control how much they spend and how much they save. Okay. And they can make choices that change those things. Um, okay. They can, con- they can control other things too, which we can get more technical, but from a high level, that's... Mm-hmm. And you can change okay. time. You and, can change. and maintain that level of, of awareness and, and, mm-hmm. and, and checking in with themselves. Yeah? Huh. Yeah. Okay. And, and it, it's attending to the... Again, that's where the awareness thing comes in, right? Because if you're not thinking and actively thinking about what you're doing to get somewhere, then it, it won't happen. But if you're tending to it, mm-hmm. something were to happen, you could figure mm-hmm. it out. Oh, this goal, okay. I wanted to take this huge trip, but we could do it a year later or mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. You are not at the mercy. Um, it's, it's you're driving the car, and if, even if it hits uh, uh, you know, a pothole, you're still driving the car. You have to adjust, but it's not the car driving you. Exactly. And I, you know, I'm sitting there in the car with you, and that, that's yep. my role you know, to how uh-huh, I, uh-huh, we, uh-huh. we figure those things out. <laughs> Great. Gosh, you know, I told you before, right, that money is the one thing that I don't understand. And actually, frankly, it scares me. But this is like so much fun. The way that you explain it, you know, and now I'm going to think about it differently. Um, uh, What what do you enjoy the most about your work? You know, I really get it's hard work because it's not just about you have to what I'm learning in my journey is and where I'm working to develop um, skills more is you're really with people and you have to know how to do that. It's not about the, like the numbers, it's just one piece of it, mm-hmm. um, figuring those out. But the most fun is when you actually see change for people, you know, and it might be slow and it might take time um, and build over time. But when you see relief or, you know, when I hear, gosh, I just feel so much better. I had a client the other day, you know, that said, oh my God, this has been hanging over my head for 15 years and we just took care of this and I'm so excited about that, you know? Mm -hmm. And so that's the type when you really engage in meaningful work. That's what, that's what excites me. That's what gets me up in the morning to do the job. But you're talking about also being a part of witnessing, having a hand in people's living. Absolutely. Being a partner. Right. 
being a partner in that and, 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 and being intimately. Well, I guess it is very intimate because you get to see how people live and, and you, you make a difference. So that's what yeah. you enjoy about it. Yeah. And in many ways, like this is the, the space um, and the time I spend with my clients is maybe, you know, it's hard to know, the only time they're ever talking about money in their life or the only time they're ever thinking about goals in their life. You know, you don't necessarily know. So, okay. in a way, I view okay. that as sacred, sacred space. And so, it's not about the money. <laughs> it's about people. It's about, as you said, being with your client, being with people. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and this is why I like you. <laughs> but, you know, in a way, we're doing the same kind of work, and we get off on the same thing. <laughs> All right, everyone. Well, I have so thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. I hope that you all out there from all over the world and in the U.S. Um, enjoyed it, too, and learned something about it. And uh, we'll then go off and think about, you know, your money and your life uh, differently in a creative, uh, loving, fun way. I have to take leave now, Jim. Have a good day uh, in New York City. And I hope to find you all out there again next week on Thursday. All right. Take care, everyone. Thank you for tuning to On Living, the trauma and beauty of being human. Please join Dr. Leanne Nguyen again next Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time and 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. And enjoy being alive.